Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, I want to talk a little bit about potential free agents for the Wolves. There's a great breakdown of the Timberwolves on the SpotRack website website by Keith Smith. I want to talk about some of his perspective on the Wolves roster, pending free agents, once again, Nas Reed, Nikki Alexander-Walker, and uh, what the Wolves could maybe do with that mid-level exception. We'll talk about all that on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Happy Monday, everybody. I uh, hope you had a fantastic weekend. First of all, a big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today. Again, that's both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On T-Wolves. And also at my account, which is at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, big weekend. Of course, the finals continued on Sunday, and Miami pulled out a, a gutsy win. Uh, Jokic dropping 41 for Denver and doing all sorts of Jokic things, especially early in the game. But uh, the Heat, man, a huge second half, some key Kevin Love minutes in there. We might talk about Kevin Love a little bit later, uh, a little bit of a tease to the free agency portion of the show here today. Um, but it's actually a couple different role players on the Heat we'll talk about that that played well on Sunday. And this thing is all knotted up at one game apiece as uh, it heads back to South Beach here later in the week. Um, I believe Tuesday is, is game three. So, uh, yeah, I mean, fun, like this, this very well could turn. I don't think it was ever likely to be a sweep. I think I don't remember if I said this out loud on the show or not. I, I'm still thinking Denver in six. That was kind of my. I don't. I don't know that I actually said that or not. But I promise that's what I. That's what my pick was. Was Denver in six? Uh, it does feel like like Spolster's too good of a coach. Jimmy Butler's too good of a player. And there's enough just solid professional role players on that Heat team. Obviously, they got to where they are for a reason. They're not gonna. They weren't. They were never gonna get swept. I think they'll win at least one more game. Uh, but ultimately, Denver I think is the best team in the league this year. That's pretty clear. So um, we will. Uh, we we will see. We will see how it finishes out, but I still have Miami in six, or excuse me, Denver in six. All right. Um, so today I, I want to do, there's a couple things I want to get done this week on the show that I, that I want to get to. Um, I want to kind of throw out a couple of fake trade possibilities and do some of that stuff because we're at that point in the offseason without a first round pick. Like, yeah, we talked about Scoot Henderson Friday. I do want to talk about a couple of other potential first round pick. So we'll, we'll mix that in. Like if the Wolves were to trade, say they did do a Carl Anthony Towns trade, which is of course the whole premise of the scoot conversation anyway. Uh, but who could the Wolves take if they draft, if they traded with Houston, it got the fourth pick. Um, we will look at some second round uh, pick possibilities. We'll do that too. Um, but we still got like three weeks, three and a half weeks until the draft. And those are all pretty hypothetical conversations. Obviously they do have a second round pick, but anything could happen with a second round pick, right? It could be somebody who's not on anybody's radar as, as an actual draft pick. And by anybody, I mean 
I mean, mine and most people, right? Like they, it could be a drafting stash. It could be, um, it could be, you know, a lot of times it's college players that everybody's heard of, right? Like, like a Luca Garza type player that was a, you know, or Jalen Noel, who was the big 12 player of the year when the Wolves drafted him. But, um, you know, we, we just don't know. So anyway, that'll be something else we do here soon. Today I want to do, it, it's a bit of a re, of a, of a revisit of the Nasri Nikhil Alexander Walker question. Um, but Keith Smith, who does a really good job as, as really a capologist over at spotrack.com and, and, and spotrack is my favorite. It really is now the go-to salary site for any sport. Actually, um, they do such a good job for every sport in terms of breaking rosters down, um, having all the details in every contract. And, and I've never found them to be anything but a hundred percent accurate. Um, so Anyway, Keith Smith did a write-up on every team and an off-season financial preview. And and we've covered a lot of this on the show over the past, really, month um, in different ways. This is just another way to look at it because it's it's a perspective of somebody who doesn't directly cover the team from mostly a cap perspective. There's some commentary in here, and I don't 100% agree with everything he says related to Wolves player performance. And I'll read some of it here. But I think it's an interesting perspective related to uh, the Wolves' two free agents with the biggest question mark, um, right? So Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Nas Reed, because it's possible the Wolves could bring both back. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the show. It's possible they could both walk. Um, he does not talk at all about Torrey Prince and the option the Wolves have, which I think is also an intriguing question that we've talked about a little bit. He mentions Jordan McLaughlin. Um, so, but I think the bigger thing is the Alexander-Walker piece and the Nas piece. So I want to start there. And then he actually does list a few free agents as as guys that would be possibilities for the Wolves. I'm not going to get super in deep on any of these players yet, but we will do kind of like quick free agency capsules as we get closer to free agency. And I, I frankly had not put a ton of thought into potential free agent, like some of the names of the guys that were going to be out there until now. So I want to kind of run through the list and, and just kind of give a quick reaction as like, hey, would this make sense? Yes or no. And then later in the offseason, as it becomes a little bit more clear, um, you know, probably maybe as we get closer to the draft, because the free agency obviously comes on the heels of that. Um, but there's a handful of guys on this list that I, I agree would be fantastic additions or potential additions for the Wolves. So let's start with with what he says about Nas and McDaniels. Again, this is Keith Smith at, at spotrack.com, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com, which is the best cap uh, salary cap website that you'll find out there for the league. Um, so he talks about how the Wolves essentially can't they have to remake themselves on or remake their depth on the fly and he talks about the Jane McDaniels extension being very important I thought this was interesting he says that the baseline for McDaniels extension should be something like what the four-year 90 million dollar deals that both Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Hunter got which is really interesting um, there's some similarities of course between those three players and DeAndre Hunter is thought a little bit more of as a two. Well, actually, they're both thought of as more as two-way guys. But Keith Smith talks about how impressive McDaniel's shooting was. He actually, see, I don't agree with this. He says McDaniel's, you could make a case he was the Timberwolves' best all-around player because he he is a two-way player at this point. Um, as somebody who watched McDaniel, every single minute McDaniel's played this year, we know that offensively it was much more of a mixed bag. The shooting was fantastic. But as we talked about in the player uh, player review, like the decision-making was better and the catch and shoot was better, but the consistency still needs to improve quite a bit. And I wouldn't say he was the best all around player, but he was certainly not a minus on offense, which he had been the previous three years of his career. So, uh, or the previous two years of his career before this last one. So um, the point is taken there and the four year 90 million, that's not bad, right? Like that, that 
that feels about right for Jaden McDaniels. Um, and he says it wouldn't, he also says it wouldn't be a surprise to see McDaniels get even more given where the salary cap is headed over the life of his extension. So the Wolves could be thinking, or McDaniels and his agent are thinking ahead saying, okay, we need more than just 90 over four years. This thing needs to ramp up as the cap ramps up. Then he goes on to talking about free agents. So he says, after they take care of extending their young players, Minnesota needs to turn to rebuilding some of their depth. It's not likely that both Jalen Noel and Nas Reed will be back. Noel seems stuck behind Edwards on the wing and they aren't a great pairing together. He'll probably move on for a bigger role elsewhere. I agree 100%. Next, he says, that could be the same issue for Reed. He's a good player, but he's behind both Gobert and Towns for front court minutes in Minnesota. The Wolves also have to be careful in how much they invest in a backup big man, given the rising costs for the rest of the roster. Reed may just have more money and more minutes available to him with another team. All right. That is effectively what I've been saying for the last month, just in like three sentences, like a a better summary or a quick, uh, maybe not better, a quick summary of what I've been saying. Nas Reed's great. He's a very good player. He's best cast as a third big, especially when you have two all-NBA centers in Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns on your roster. Given the pending extensions for Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, Towns Supermax kicking in next summer, and, and as I've said before, the question about whether or not you trade Towns in part because of that ramp up in his salary. And from a minutes perspective, when everyone's healthy, does he ever play more than 20, mil- 20 minutes Twenty minutes a game? Be careful with the Nas Reed extension. And I go back to Howard Beck saying he'll get $15 million a year. I know some people locally are still saying it could be more like 12 I, Even 12 is a lot for a backup big when you have pending extensions to two stars and Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels and a Supermax kicking in next year. And somebody already on a max who plays the same position as the guy you're about to get 15 million a year. I think, and we'll actually know I'll get, a, I'll get on my mini soapbox here. When I, when I talk to Kelly Alexander Walker next segment, because um, I do think, I do think we collectively wolves fans, wolf wolves, dumb, if you will, needs to be careful with the Alexander Walker Nas Reed conversation as we headed to the off season here and, and free agency. And it comes down to brass tax. So let's, let's talk Alexander Walker next. I want to say what Keith says at spotrack.com. Uh, talk about Alexander Walker and then list some of the names he's got related to potential Wolves free agency signings. Uh, so we'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. Every day of the NBA Finals, one Prize Picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern, that's uh, 7 a.m. Central, will be randomly selected each day of the finals. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks gets a million dollars. Five correct picks, 80 grand. Four correct picks, $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. Again, prizepicks.com slash Million. If you're not familiar with prize picks, it's really easy to play. You just pick two to six players in any sport, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best thing is you're not competing against other people. It's not like pro DFS players or anything like that. It's just you versus the projections available. And again, really any sport. Of course, the NBA Finals are the big one now, but you could do baseball. 
Uh, you could do hockey as the Stanley Cup finals wrap up, uh, college sports, etc. It's all available there, and you can make your entries in less than 60 seconds. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, every day as a reminder, we'll be back, of course, all week long, Monday through Friday. This show will be daily through the month of July. So you got another two months of daily shows before we scale it back just a little bit leading into, uh, well, I guess really it's just for August and part of September. So daily, and like I said at the top of the show, we're going to do a lot of, of hypothetical trade talk. We're going to do a lot of hypothetical draft talk in the next few weeks. Looking to have a couple of fun guests on as well to kind of break down some of that Um potentially a draft analyst, uh, maybe some other crossovers related to Towns trades as we did last week with Lockdown Warriors and then, um, you know, some others too. So stay tuned for all of that here moving forward. All right. Um, so Keith Smith, the other, the other uh, thing that he says, let's see here. The other thing that he says about Nikhil Alexander-Walker or about uh, Wolves free agency. So he says that basically Nas may end up with more minutes and dollars than another team. Then he says the other two main free agents are Alexander Walker and Austin Rivers. If Rivers wants to come back for the minimum, there's probably a spot for him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I said that before, like give or take. I mean, he's going to get the minimum. Somebody's going to get that spot, right? It might be Rivers. It might be someone else. And then he says Alexander Walker's situation is a little harder to project. He's coming off his best season in the NBA, but that bar was pretty low. He got minutes in the postseason after McDaniels fractured his hand, but the fourth-year guard's performance was pretty mixed. If the Wolves can get back Alexander Walker on a small enough deal that they can still use the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, then he's worth bringing back. If it gets to be more four million, more like $4 million or $5 million, Minnesota can find better options in free agency. I agree 100%. That is effectively what I said last week and maybe even the week before about Alexander Walker, and I appreciate... Uh, the different salary cap machinations that various other Wolves bloggers and podcasters have gone through to try and get everybody to come back. And, and I've I've done the same, really, right? But fan bases have a tendency, and, and I'm, I'm also cautioning myself with this too. This isn't like, uh, you know, you guys out there on the internet, listen up. That, that's not what this is. This is a general statement about people that are messing with what the Wolves cap sheet this offseason. We all need to be very careful about just saying, okay, let's bring back, we want to bring back everyone because they're our guys, right? Because we get attached to the players that have been on the team. I mean, how many times when Jake Lehman was a free agent last offseason that did, you know, various bloggers and people on Twitter say like, we could bring Jake Lehman back at the minimum. That was never going to happen, right? That's an absurd example, right? But People get get attached to the players that are on their roster. And Alexander Walker, I said, I didn't say, the way I said this before was recency bias. And that's 100% still the case. Alexander Walker shut down Jamal Murray uh, in the minutes he guarded him. And shut down's an appropriate way to describe it. In the first three and a half-ish, was it? Or maybe it was four games of the, of the Nuggets series. Um, he didn't guard him enough, but when he did, he did very well. And he obviously shut down Shea Gilgis Alexander in the Thunder playing game. Um, that's that's what everyone has in their heads. And the recency bias is he was really good in those games, although we're conveniently forgetting the end of the series against the Nuggets when Jamal Murray did go off against Alexander Walker. Alexander Walker is a very good perimeter defender. He's an above average perimeter defender, and he'd be a nice player to have back at a few million dollars. 
There's also still some upside, right? He's only played four years in the league, and he did play well in a Wolves uniform. But I said this, I've said this before, but maybe it's helpful to hear it from somebody who doesn't specifically cover the Wolves and Keith Smith. The three-point percentage, which was, you know, not quite league average, combined with the spottiness everywhere else offensively and frankly, some spottiness defensively too. He wasn't ultra consistent as a perimeter defender and hasn't been, or he wouldn't have gotten traded. It wouldn't have been on three teams in the last 18 months, right? He's not an elite perimeter defender. Jade McDaniels is an elite perimeter defender. Anthony Edwards is close to an elite perimeter defender. And I would argue on the ball, he is that. So Nikhil Alexander-Walker, how much are you paying somebody who doesn't really have any sort of consistency on the offensive end of the floor. How much are you going to pay him to be your third best perimeter defender? You've still got probably Torian Prince, who's, you know, average at this point, probably, but passable. Um, And I mean, that doesn't include what you're going to do with the exception. Like you could find someone that's a better defender than Nikhil Alexander Walker for the same cost. And actually he Smith says that he says Minnesota can find better options in free agency. If you're paying him more than five, four or $5 million for Alexander Walker. So that's important to remember. And and he brushes past the Nas thing fairly quickly, like I said last segment. But rather than figuring out, can we keep Nas Reed and Nikhil Alexander-Walker for a combined $16 million or whatever next year, um, is that really the conversation that we should be having? The conversation the front office is having is undoubtedly, what's the best way we could spend this money? Not how can we keep these guys? And I know they said all the right things publicly. And I know Tim Connolly said, and Chris Finch, I think both said, Nas Reed's a priority this offseason. Of course they're going to say that. What else are they going to say? When they're asked specifically about someone like Nas Reed, they're not going to say we're not interested because they would like to have him back. But they're not going to pay $16 million a year to keep Nas Reed, I, I hope. They're not going to pay $7 million a year to keep Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I hope. The conversation they're undoubtedly having is we have this bucket of, it's not really a bucket of money, we have this space until we get to that second salary cap apron and we're in the luxury tax that we project this is how much money we have to spend. If we can get Nas and random veteran minimum guy or $3 million a year guy for that, great. If we can keep, if we can spend the Nas money elsewhere in extensions and keep Alexander Walker at 5 million or four and a half million, great. They're not saying, how do we keep Nas Reed and to kill Alexander Walker? This was a 42 win team last year. They didn't win 55 games and go to the conference finals. It's not a, we must keep the band together at all costs. It's a, what's the most responsible use of this quote unquote bucket of money. And if that's Nas and Nah, great, but it might not be, it might just be, let's go find somebody else that fits this, this space. So we can still use our mid-level inspection exception, excuse me. Um, and, and that to me is something that's really important to remember because it it's, it's a different mindset in the front office. And now I'm not saying that front offices are immune to this, like, let's keep our guys. Cause it does happen all the time, right? Like, like we must keep our guys, but you shouldn't have to overpay to keep like Nas Reed, like Keith Smith says, he's going to get more money and more opportunity somewhere else. The Wolves shouldn't have to try to overpay for their own guy anyway, right? Like if you're keeping your own guys, quote unquote, you should almost be getting a hometown discount. And, and I would never expect Nas Reed to do that, right? This is his opportunity to get paid in free agency. So the more I talk about this and the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it's more likely than not that Nasrid ends up somewhere else next year. And I know the Wolves have said all the right things. And I know that Wolvesdom has, um, Wolves Nation or whatever you want to call it, has, has you know, bent over backwards to try and figure out how Nas could be back next year. I just don't think it's all that likely. 
Um, it could still happen. That could be the most responsible use of those dollars. But I just think it's more likely than not he goes somewhere else for more money, more opportunity. And I absolutely think he should. And the Wolves should not overpay him. That just makes the most sense at this point. Um, Keith Smith at SpotRack.com also talks about the Wolves needing to add another bit backup big. Wing depth and ideally another backup for Mike Conley, even though he says uh, Jordan McLaughlin's probably going to be back. So then he goes into kind of shopping mode, if you will, with the Wolves' uh, $12 million mid-level exception, which, again, if they're responsible with the rest of the books, they can spend it this summer. And he gives a few examples. So I want to, again, I'm not going to get super in-depth in any of these guys, but it's more the type of player and the idea behind these signings um, that I want to touch on. So we'll do that, and then as the summer goes on, we will do some free agency capsules. We'll spend full segments, and in some cases, more than that, on each of these guys, very likely each of these players, because they were all players that that make sense to me. Uh, well, not all, but for the most part, makes sense to me as the type of player the Wolves should bring in. So um, we're going to do that next. I want to hit hit the names that he mentions, and then we'll get a bit more in-depth on them here uh, next. All right, so again, we've been pretty concerned with keeping... Um, with keeping the Wolves' own free agents, and I haven't spent a lot of time talking about other potential free agents. There's also a lot of variables here too, right? Like there's, uh, I mean, there's guys with options, there's guys with non-guaranteed deals, there's guys that are still playing in the playoffs. In fact, I'm about to mention like three guys that are currently playing in the finals. Um, so there's a, there's a there's a lot there's a lot out there, right? So that's one of the reasons why I don't want to get super in depth on on these guys at this point. But let's hit a few of these quick. One that's mentioned. The first one, actually, that Keith Smith mentions is is fascinating, and this is a player who has an option for next year. And I, I don't, I don't think that was reflected in Keith's article. But Bruce Brown, this is actually, I want to talk about him anyway because this is a really good example of a player that fits the Wolves perfectly. And I thought I saw him say, and and I guess apologies if I'm getting this wrong. I thought I saw Bruce Brown say the other day that he didn't actually have all that much interest in free agency. Um. But like he's a player who I identified early in the offseason last year that the Wolves should go after when he was a free agent from the Nets. Uh, he was a 40 percent three point shooter last season with with Brooklyn. He's an above average defender, like like a well above average defender, really, really strong perimeter defender, uh, really good in the open floor. You know, transition is an area that Wolves actually really struggled this year. All those things. Good vet, not even quite in the prime of his career would have made a ton of sense for Minnesota. And he went to Denver, understandably so. I'm sure the Wolves were interested. I'm sure they were interested. He went to Denver on a two-year deal, $6.5 million this year. There's an option for six point eight next year. I would imagine he opts out simply because, based on what he did this year, he's going to get more than $6.8 on the free agent, in, in the free agent market. Now, it's not a bad number, and he would still only be 27 the following summer when he hits the free agency market again. But like, especially if they win the finals, it's kind of like a strike where the iron is hot. Like you might as well test the market, get more money now while I can. And, you know, there's there's the whole what if on the player side, right? What if he gets hurt next year? That whole thing. So Keith may be right. He may hit the open market. But he's the perfect example of the type of player that would fit the Wolves perfectly. He could basically play positions one through three. He's undersized to play the three and the Wolves probably wouldn't play him there. Um, and, and maybe the one hesitation would be, 
he's effectively your Anthony Edwards backup, but he needs to play. Like he played 28 and a half minutes a game this year for Denver. He's got to play something in the mid twenties. Right. So I think probably he would, they would mess around with playing him at the two and Ant at the one when Conley's off the floor, they'd play Brown at the three a little, you'd find a way to get 26 minutes a game or something for Bruce Brown. He averaged a career high in terms of raw points per game, but he's 36% from the arc. He's again, a plus defender, um, he also ran a bit of offense this year, which he did way back uh, earlier in his career. He actually ran a lot of point guard, but he was a, had a 16% assist rate, which was the second highest of his career, and also shot more threes per game, and, and the three-point rate in general was much higher than at any other point in his career. So a perfect fit in so many ways for the Wolves. He would take up the majority of that exception. I'm pretty confident that if he hits the open market, you're talking eight, nine, ten million for Bruce Brown. You're not talking six and a half million like he's getting paid this year. So I like Bruce Brown a ton. I think he would be a perfect fit. We saw how much he hurt Minnesota in transition defensively, um, but he would be an absolute perfect fit in Minnesota. I, I don't have my fingers crossed for that because I think if he leaves, he goes right back to Denver on a bigger deal or it, or he goes somewhere else for more money, more opportunity. But uh, that would be an option. Other guys who kind of fit a similar profile in terms of position, um, and actually, frankly, in terms of how they play, uh, DiVincenzo, Dante DiVincenzo from the uh, from the Bucks, um, to me, or excuse me, from the Warriors, um, to me that he would also be a good fit for Minnesota. I, I like him a lot. He's also got the whole the pedigree of where he's played and everything the last several years. Um, going, you know, obviously the first part of his career played with the Bucks, ending up this this last year in Golden State. And he could, it's the kind of the same deal with Bruce Brown. Like he, he could same, but different, right? He's not, he doesn't quite have the, the size or defensive game. I guess he's similar size to, to Bruce Brown. The defensive game isn't quite the same, but he's an effective perimeter defender. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe a little more focused on three point shooting. He did shoot almost 40% this year career. He's only 36%. There's a lot of similarities there between what they both would bring. I think DiVincenzo after playing in golden state for, uh, you know, not a whole lot this year. He could, he's got a player option for next year at just under 4.8 million, about 4.7 million. He probably opts out to get something, a bigger deal going into his age 27 season as well. So that's another player in a similar profile who could have additional options. Uh, there's other guys who are maybe a little more focused on offense. Max Struess, of course, Struess, excuse me, still playing for Miami. Um, Seth Curry, another example of somebody who's much more leaning on offense. And again, we'll go through each of these guys later. But all these players are are league average to plus three-point shooters, and that's very important, which, by the way, Jalen Noel was under 30% this year from three. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, not a league average three-point shooter. So all of these players would be upgrades in terms of shooting from outside the arc, and most of them, save for Seth Curry, um, and really he would be the only one, that wouldn't be a defensive upgrade, certainly on Jalen Noel, but also even on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So keep that in mind. He lists a few bigs as well. Drew Eubanks, Thomas Bryant, Mo Wagner. I'm not going to go super deep into those guys right now either. The other name he mentions is Kevin Love. And I brought him up, I think it was early last week, Monday or Tuesday of last week when I did the, uh, I talked a little bit about former Wolves still playing in the playoffs. Um, and I mentioned Kevin Love as a possibility. Like, I don't know that Kevin Love wants to come back to Minnesota when he should he frankly, I don't understand chasing championships at this point in his career. That's why he's in Miami, and it, it's it, he's getting what he wanted, right? I mean, there's also the whole uh, all five times he's been in the playoffs, he's been in the finals thing. 
um, he'd be at risk of breaking that streak in Minnesota. Now, theoretically, though, the Wolves should be a contender, right? That's the whole idea. So if they could sell that to Kevin Love, he would be a perfect fit. In fact, his strengths are still the areas that Nasrid struggles in the most, three-point shooting and rebounding. Um, he's, of course, nowhere near what Kevin Love was the last time he was in Minnesota. But there's a lot of things he still brings to the table, as Miami has seen uh, in his the course of his short time in Miami, and then also more recently, game two of the finals on Sunday. He played some solid minutes. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's what, a 15-minute-a-night max role, and that's frankly what Love's looking for now in his mid-30s. I think that could actually make a ton of sense. We'll break that down further this summer as well. He also mentions the possibility of finding a veteran behind Mike Conley uh, in addition to Jordan McLaughlin. He says he should be back. McLaughlin should be. I've said this already. I, I think McLaughlin will be back. I think they also add a guard. Uh, he lists Reggie Jackson, Javon Carter, Dennis Smith Jr., Corey Joseph. I don't want Reggie Jackson or Dennis Smith Jr. on the Timberwolves. You could convince. I like Javon Carter a lot. I like Corey Joseph too. Those guys, uh, we could dig into them more. But higher usage type guys who fancy themselves as scorers at the point guard in Minnesota, uh, like especially in a low minute role, those guys. Uh, Smith Jr. and Jackson are going to squeeze the trigger too much on a team with Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Jade McDaniels, guys that need the ball in their hands more often. Um, you don't need Jackson or Dennis Smith Jr. on your team. Uh, but Javon Carter and Corey Joseph, we could we could have that conversation for sure. Uh, but all that to say, Keith Smith's take on the team is very similar to mine. I think the Wolves will add some free agency pieces. I don't think they'll be hyper-focused on Nas and Nikhil Alexander-Walker as we as a fan base are. Um, and as people that cover the team, and understandably so, right? It's easier to evaluate players that you've seen up close and players who have a familiarity with the team and the organization than it is to evaluate everyone else and pick out, cherry-pick guys that should be on the team. However, I'm going to do that. I'm going to cherry-pick guys that I think should be free agent op options. Really, most of the guys that were mentioned by Keith Smith will dig into, like I said, this offseason. But start thinking about it. Start thinking about, you know, dreaming up your dream. I know it's not as fun to shop with the mid-level exception as it might be with max cap space, but that's where we're at. But the Timberwolves have their core, um, and uh, they just got to fill in some of these some of these depth pieces. All right, that's all we got for you today here on the show. Of course, later in the week, we'll talk more draft. As mentioned earlier, uh, make sure you're following and subscribe to Lockdown Wolves, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you if you do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Again, any audio platform also you can watch on YouTube. You can watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. That's Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T, and also at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C K. Yeah. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.